Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you so much for all your five-star ratings. Thank you for your positive feedback. We get to as many questions as we can. I got Ray Longo in studio. We've got Dr. Sherry and, of course, Mark LaMonica in studio in Newsday Sports, Deputy Sports Editor. Way to go, buddy. Welcome. All right, LaMonica. Here we are. We're blowing oh, up. Unbelievable. I haven't been clapped for since I came home to see my kids the other day. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> We're blowing up. Of course, I want to thank our sponsor on it, on it, the health and fitness juggernaut. Our, our code is MMA Beyond. Ray Longo, news from on it. News from on it. News from on it. I received an email. They need me to contact them because they want to know where to send our first check. Wow. Oh. Let, me, let me tell you. Are you something. kidding? This is unbelievable. Are you this kidding? This is unbelievable. That Rogan's a good dude. And who's a, what? Uh, we are, we have been graduated. This will be the first bit of success, monetary success for MMA and beyond. Folks, keep telling everybody. <laughs> Tell everybody. Every single one of you needs vitamins from on it. It's onit.com. I gotta get a sign up in the gym. Somewhere. Come on, this is awful. Onit.com <laughs> slash right. MMA beyond. We've got a check. It's in the mail. I gotta love it. Love <laughs> it. Love thank, it. Thank you very much, guys. Ray, great, uh, great stuff going on. A night of fights uh, last night. Dennis Bazooka. Are you kidding me? He's yeah. making he, two two companies and everyone in that weight class. He put them all on notice last night. A great night for Bazooka. Calm as a cucumber in the back. Uh, very focused. I think he had, uh, you know, it was me, Matt, and uh, I Quinta cornering him. I think I, I, I really love having, having Al as the third guy. Just a great, great yeah, energy. Yeah, you said that last time, yeah, too. Yeah, he's just a great energy, man. He's great to uh, for the guys to warm up with and... Uh, you know, everybody knows Al's a fighter, and he he leaves it in the octagon. I think that's a that's a big thing. That's the next factor going into uh, into the fight. You know, it really it really is. And Bazooka, man, hard working dude, believes in uh, in in the multi dimensional training in the sense of he gets his mind right, he gets his body right, he trains in every way that he can, he listens to everyone he can, he gets very, in there, very, he very learns. Coachable. Very coachable, very coachable, and young. Was he twenty one years old? I don't even think he's. Oh, is he? Is he twenty one? Yeah, he just turned twenty one. Yeah, wow. I think fight week. I think it was fight week. He turned twenty one. Wow. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, great kid. Uh, man, it was it was nice too. I mean, he hasn't come out of the first round in the last couple of fights, so that would, that's a good thing. His opponent was in trouble early. He was on he was on skates wobbly. Oh, he was man, those he, legs he was he was durable, but uh, yeah, completely wobbly. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that's cause enough to stop the fight when your legs aren't you know doing what you want them coinciding to coinciding with your brain. <laughs> yeah. Because Bazooka can hit, and he's letting this guy get hit with some big shots. You know what I mean? Like, there's no – the guy's not defending himself, and you're basically letting a guy tee off on you that can punch. What a know? platform for your first yeah. pro fight, I mean, first look, pro he looks, I mean, that doesn't look like a guy in his first fight. It really you know? doesn't. No, not at all. He looked very calm, very calculated with his strikes. looked like he knew what he was doing in there. Yeah, and Mark, what was the uh, the thoughts from Press Row? on his fight did you get to talk to anybody else who was sitting around i you think or? people were, were wondering about him obviously with his you know his connections to you guys and and to al and everybody people like oh look at this guy he uh looks like he knows what he's doing yeah. and certainly on the, on of all the prelims i would say he, you know he was definitely one of the one or two guys who really stood out nice. um i don't know how many people were focused on the prelims outside of uh me and my man ryan because all the <laughs> long island guys but uh he looked he looked great, and for me, crisp. it was the most exciting fight of the night. And I used my uh, uh, the privilege of my blue verified check Twitter to tweet Scott Coker uh, about the the win and make sure he got a good look at uh, at this at this fighter, at this Saralongo fighter. And he did like the tweet. Yeah, no, so no, he saw right. it. He saw it, and and uh, I, I was I was very proud. I think of he's Bazooka on the man. map, uh, Bazooka for sure. And and Scott's a really nice guy. He's a low key guy, and. I hadn't seen him, and it's funny. I, I talked to him, and I hadn't. He said, last time I saw you was 1997. I go, wow. We did a show together at the Vanderbilt, and that's where I met. He brought in Javier Mendez. Frank Shamrock did the commentating, did a show for ESPN, too. We probably got, like, four shows out of it. And we were talking about, you know, that night was crazy because at 2.30 in the morning, I was still in the locker room. People were still fighting. I mean, because they needed so many fights to make – 
you know, like three or four shows for ESPN2. It was crazy. But this is part of the Ray Longo book. This is part of the book. Buddy. But, yeah, it was good. It was good actually talking to Scott. He, he really is a nice guy. I'm really happy for his success. And, you know, like, again, he's just a humble, low-key well, guy. Well, you know what it is to put on these events. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. doing a great job. And I, I really think Bellator is catching some steam now. It had a great showing at the Coliseum. That's yeah. for sure. It was it was a good amount of people there. They, similar to the PFL in the sense that they positioned everyone right. It looked like the technology was great. Uh, there had plenty of camera angles, uh, and the Coliseum. Shout out to the Nassau Coliseum for having good reception <laughs> available yeah. inside. A lot of places you go into, your phone dies, mm -hmm. but the uh, Coliseum is good, and that's really helpful for getting people to tweet out and share nice. events like this. Mm -hmm. So uh, shout out to Bazooka. Shout out for Jennifer Chang, who's a, a Henzel Gracie fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did fantastic, and it was great to see my trainer, Fabio Coelho, in there with her. I know that he was super excited. She got the first round TKO. Girl tapped while getting punched, standing yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, so she, if she, she had a tap that she started clapping because <laughs> yeah, the punches she, were so good. So I good thought she was actually applauding. applauding her, but I wasn't. I wasn't really sure. But I didn't know. I didn't know you trained with him. I never met him before, but I was in the locker room with him. And Jennifer seems like a sweetheart. Uh, you know, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Chinugan. Oh man, I, I'm screwing up her last Chikagan. name. Chikagan was there, and I think that's you know she supports all the fighters, man, which I think is and she's another one who who I know that uh, Jenny speaks highly of. No, and, what a nice person. And is anytime I go into Henzo's, she's there either mid workout or end of a workout. That yeah. that she puts in time, man. But uh, it was good. I've met Jennifer, you know, for the first time, and she seems like a sweetheart, man. What a she's gonna be a, a nice personality for that division. Yeah, she's an Olympian. Is she an Olympian? She was an Olympic boxer in 2016 for. Micronesia, I believe, was the country. My, who? Micronesia. It's a small little country. It's <laughs> not in, Macronesia. Yeah, wow. It's micro. It's small. You probably, you probably haven't been there. you got to transfer at least twice to get that there. next to microscope? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell we're talking about, LaMonica. It's not a block from Microsoft. It's a little different. <laughs> Jack Congo with a, uh, with a big win. Good, good to see him back. Mark and Mark was discussing how it was good to see the forty somethings pick up some wins last night. That dude is forty three years old, Chuck Congo. They are really man, they are really keeping a lot of people alive. <laughs> I know it's it really I mean I mean that's a that's old to be fighting. He's forty three, knocking people out. I am extremely close to him in age. Yeah. And <laughs> was there was there actually anybody on the main card under forty? How old is Fedor? Fedor's 42, 42. Sonnen's 41. I did a wow. little research on that. So everyone's my age. But I mean, it's Congo's 43. I mean, think about it. I, I play with my kids on the ground. I need seven and a half minutes to get out. Yeah. Congo's <laughs> blasting people in the face. It's insane. Yeah, it was good. He's got a nice uh, corner with him, too. So it was good. Good stuff. I thought it was good energy list. And I had a ball. I had a ball. Yeah, I was impressed. I mean, there's probably... Probably seven to eight thousand people there. I think. Well, I think so. You know, it was configured to be around ten k. I think with their screen kills and and whatnot. But they put seven eight thousand in there. That's not bad That's at all. Not bad at all. Most I, I think the prelim fights helped too. They put a lot of prelims on with local guys, and they mm -hmm. sold a lot of tickets. You see, you heard the reception when those guys got sure. in there. Like you know, yeah, you knew everyone's families were sitting. Yeah, exactly. Pinpoint them. <laughs> That's exactly right. And you get Fedor. Fedor with the TKO win over. Over Chael Sonnen, a little controversy. Second time that uh, Chael's involved in a in a fight where people feel like it's rigged. Um, Man, I don't know if that in, was rigged. In, in the sense, I mean, that but I, I did I did the first thought like during that fight was when Hulk Hogan was throwing around Rocky like a ragdoll. <laughs> I mean, he flung that guy like you know I, I I felt bad for him. I don't know if. I'm going to tell you something. Even putting your hands over your head and having Fedor unload 15 well, to 20 punches. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't know if it's... That's still not pleasant. Chael you know? seems like a rational guy, so he seems like he would say something like, well, how many times would you like me to get hit in the face by Fedor? Like, how, yeah. how, before before you think I'm not throwing this fight. I mean, he, he, he went for a sloppy double there, but that's only after getting clobbered. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, he looked uh, like he was on autopilot and... That's that I think there. that thing looked a little weird, but but he paid the price for yeah. it, man. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to do. <laughs> Fedor slipped right out of that. He tried to pull him to his back. That's not. 
that's like the type of thing you see in YouTube. And then you know, try I think the, the, the biggest thing in this fight for me was just the, the size difference, like the natural size difference. Chael's a 185, and this guy was a heavyweight wrecking machine. And to go up in weight, man, he's still that's still a lot of that's a lot of power to give away, man. You know, so Chael, even I mean, some of those when he was getting tossed around, I mean, that's only because this guy is used to tossing around heavier people. I mean, a couple of those things were crazy, man. Yeah, I, mean, I think you saw it right away. In that yeah. first fight, like, Fedor's first haymaker dropped Chael right yeah, away. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, yeah, he's got that heavyweight power. Yeah, that Chael's they, not they, used to Look, that. they say the last thing to go is power. I'm saying if Chael gets this fight to the second or third round, he's got a chance of winning it because sure. we've seen Fedor guess out before. And... Yeah, that's a lot of punches. But look at Chael. He does bounce right back up. You know, I think he's got some pride. And it probably hurt him in that fight a little bit. It was an interesting post-fight with Chael. With, we, with we Ariel? Asked, we asked him about that. Oh, oh not, no, not with Ariel. In the uh, in our uh, news conference. And he talked about how, um, you know, he was getting hit a lot at the end. And the referee told him, he said, he's going to stop it if he don't fight back. And Chael's like, I didn't think he was because I had my arms up and I was blocking everything. But right. At some point, even if you're blocking everything, if you're getting hit with 20 shots yeah, in a row, well, all he had to do was, but all he had to do was move. You mm -hmm. know, they just want you moving, and you know, not just sitting there because sitting, there, you know, by waiting for the, he's doing a rope a dope on the floor. That's exactly you know, what really, he was trying yeah, to do. Right, a that's what he was him. doing. Yeah. So, that, so the night before, Ryan Bader defeats Matt Mitrion via unanimous decision, which leaves Fedor versus, versus uh, Ryan Bader. Yeah, very, very impressed time. with Bader. Bader looks, looks like amazing. he looks. Let me tell you something. He looks like he switched his mindset, and he's another guy going for it. I think you know you're seeing that in Chris Wade also. I, I heard Wade lost in the the right. second fight, but I I, he got robbed. Oh, did he get robbed? Uh, yeah. But he's fighting, and that's mm -hmm. you know he made up his mind. And he's a different guy, and I think we're seeing that with Beta. I mean, look, Matrion's a big dude, and he manhandled him. Can he do that to Fader? I don't know, but he might be able to, man. And that's going to be the difference. It looks like his cardio is great, but, like, again, well, Beta was— Well, Beta could take you down and—, and Yeah. The difference is Beta was down. at 205. A Chael was fighting at 85, so it's not that much of a gap, I think. It makes a little bit of a difference. But. Will be interesting to see, definitely. But to Chris Wade, Chris Wade, it was all the hubbub last night on on Twitter that uh, he outstruck he outstruck the, his opponent uh, more than double, more, more than four times, <laughs> more than four oh, times, wow. yeah. and and lost a uh, a split decision. Aljamain Sterling writes of it: Judging is the biggest thing wrong in this sport. A lot of people who hold our decisions fate rarely know what they're watching. It's time for a change. You can't double the amount of strikes landed on an opponent and lose. Bizarre. And, uh, and yeah, so it was a, a big hub. You watched it, Mark? I watched that fight uh, after our, our local guys fought at, at Bellator. So I was oh, kind wow. of going back and forth from press row in between when I could. So I, I couldn't watch it perfectly to really get into it. But I'm watching the fight, and Wade was throwing punches. He... he Threw more than four times as many, and he landed more than four times as many. Wow. Uh, Schult. Is it Schulte or Schult? It's spelled Schulte, but I'll go with – there's also no H in Nathan, so I don't know if it's Nathan <laughs> or Nathan. But the guy Wade fought would be the best way to say <laughs> right. it, I guess. So the guy Wade fought, you know, he had two takedowns. Um, it, it was a pretty good back-and-forth fight, I thought, at least just from watching. But, again, I mean, I'm not watching it perfectly. No, really. You know, not watching, you know, as I'm flipping back and forth between that and what's happening in front of me. But, you know, I've, I've always thought this about judging in general, and this is not about this fight, is we're, we're watching this on television. We got the best angle in the world. We got every angle. Yeah. Right. The judge doesn't. The judge sees what's in front of him or her. You have, you know, you could say, like, someone could stand right in front of you and just throw jab, 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 and you could just back your head and just move your head backwards and never get hit. And if the judge is just seeing your head go backwards. After a jab, right. He thinks you might be thinking you're getting hit. Right. So I always try to like, it's kind of hard, but you know, try to find like where the action is happening in a cage. And that's going to make a huge difference with judging. No, that's a shame though about Wade. He's a nice kid. I yeah, he's a great kid. It. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, was, I'm going to go home and actually watch that fight. It was a good fight. It got me thinking about how, though, 
PFL does their two fights yeah, in, the, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, those guys were exhausted. Yeah. Going into the fight, they each fought two rounds, majority decisions. Yeah, where, where, what state did that take place? That was place? in California. I'm surprised about that. Yeah. You know, they fought both, went 10 minutes in the first fights, majority decisions. Um, I didn't get a chance to see either one of them, but they, wow. you would, I would imagine I, they looked exhausted. And then just getting in there, I mean, 25-minute fight is exhausting in general. But put an hour or two in between that, I feel like that's even yeah. 10 oh, no, times it makes more it exhausting, worse, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes... Yeah, you'd rather go back to back than have any. You got to keep space. that. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep that momentum going. That's the key. Even even sometimes in a fight, if there's a break, you know, you take four. The other guy's taking four minutes. That's not good. You know, your body cools down a little bit. But what happens if one, you know, you you have like two separate fights and then they have to meet, and one is a quick, you know, knockout, and the other guy has to do that the guy's in better that's shape. Just the way but fell. but then you're right. But yeah. then you're, then that's a a, a fairly difficult matchup for. As a physician, I would worry about that. Right. I mean, think that's the idea of the tournament, though. They want you going for it in the first fight and getting out of there and then having the proper time. They're trying to force action, you know. Well, that's what, I mean, if you look at their tiebreakers, the first, it's the in the quarterfinals, the two-round fight, and the, court, the first tiebreaker is who won the first round. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, wow. you're trying. Everything that's, is geared towards getting that action going. Yeah. So you win the first round, 10-9 or, or 10-8, you could just run around that second fight, second round and yeah. and, and and just win it. But I mean, it's an interesting concept what they're doing. I'd like to see them. It's a highlight reel concept. Yeah. It's this, yeah. yeah. I'd like to see them take the playoffs so in, instead of doing a two-in-one night, spread it out across a year. It'd be more interesting. A little more fair, I would imagine, to all the fighters. Yeah, really interesting, man. But. Shout out to Chris Wade, man. Definitely pushing that hard to see change the way he's been fighting. Because that, even watching the highlights here, he looks like a way more exciting fighter. Yeah, he he certainly does. I know it's heartbreaking for him to put in all that work and and and, and fall short on on the judges uh, because of the judges. But I'm sure I'm sure good things will come of it. You can't be the only one who's noticed the adjustments oh, yeah. he's made. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I, good I think it's going to pay off for him. I think somebody picks him up again. Speaking of being of picking up again, UFC 229 prelims averaged 1.3 million viewers, best since Rousey Holmes. Wow, see that's mm. huge numbers. That's crazy. So that's that's where it should be at. All you gotta do, yeah. <laughs> all you gotta do is is uh, show a video of a felony yeah. every <laughs> every Attack ten minutes. Attack a bus with a hand truck and you get ratings. <laughs> well, who would have thought that? <laughs> you got. Khabib, uh, Khabib on, a, on an interview in Russian TV stated that he, he implied that he feels the UFC had something to do with the bus attack. Um, just a couple things that, that as he looks back on it, seems to, be, to, to, to feel like uh, the UFC was kind of setting him up for uh, some sort of video advertisement for Connor. And maybe things got out of hand. He he's said he's about 70% sure UFC had something to do with it. I could tell you who didn't have anything to do with it. The <laughs> UFC guys that were on that bus, because Al right. told me a couple of them had their heads between their legs like the plane was going down. Yeah. So I don't think they were cued in on the, uh, <laughs> they if they had not. something to do with it, I don't think those guys were in on the joke. But I do think it would be hard. I mean, look, that whole thing, if you think about it, is really, you know, look, if I drive you, Mark, to uh, I'm going to murder somebody and you drive me to the murder, you're going to jail too. Like, every one of those guys that attacked that bus, anybody who was in there that shouldn't have been in there, they're all guilty, you know? I mean, it is crazy. I mean, they went in there with 20 guys, and you got to remember, they flew across the country to get there. And yeah. what other country could you get away with that, Mark? Really, seriously. Imagine something happens and we have to fly to Russia. You think we're getting out of there alive? <laughs> what about Brazil? Where something go, happens go in Brazil. Go through a bus. Go yeah. through a thing in a bus yeah, in let Brazil. Me see, let me see if we have to. If we get out of there alive, we just storm one of those uh, places in Brazil. And I, I mean, it's really insane. It's insanity. That whole thing. I, I was there that day when it all happened, and uh, I'll never forget it. We were sitting there. My friend, uh, my my colleague Ryan Jabosi and I were at a cocktail table typing, writing, yeah. taking some notes, uh, downloading video. And there's a bunch of metal pipes right next to us. And I hear noise, people kicking them. And then we turn around. I go, 
Oh, guys, careful, careful, careful. The metal, don't get hurt. We look up and go, oh, F, it's Connor. And oh, then no. everyone's like, what? Huh? 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 And then everyone just took off to run and follow him. And they ushered him right into a, an elevator to go downstairs. But they ushered him into an elevator. Well, I think at that point what happened is there was a swarm of people. Right. And, you know, with Connor and his guys. And then there was a swarm of media running after them. With our little phones trying to capture something. Oh, wow. and it, you know, phones are shaking. I mean, I wouldn't exactly call it quality video. But, you know, there was a security guard of some sort. I couldn't tell you where they, what, where they were with, either probably the venue. And then uh, you know, they got in the elevator, and that was it. And then the next thing you hear is everything on Twitter. Wow. I don't know. I mean, how do you... I just, but I, there's no way they had anything to do with that. I mean, that just no, I could see, This is what I could see happen. They they come in there, run announced, and then they go to do something, and somebody stops them, and the, somebody from the UFC goes, no, that's Conor McGregor, let him... They're not knowing, but, like, yeah. give him a little different treatment. Right. And the next thing you know, they're on an elevator down to the bus area, and... I mean, really, if I ran into the Barclays Center, how am I... I wouldn't even know how to get down to the bus center, though. Really, where? how am I getting down there? Right or wrong? There's an elevator somewhere. <laughs> I mean, do you think when they were flying over, they had, like, the <laughs> schematics of the whole thing? And it was, like, out of, like, Mission Impossible like, where, you know, they had the layout. There was an engineer. We'll go down the duck shaft the over Ocean's here. Ocean's 13. Yeah. yeah. So this was after the, May, after the Mayweather fight, so he's got the money. Yeah. He's got the money. No, but you know get what I'm saying? Like, how do you even get down there? Yeah, first of all, well, I mean, that it's an elevator. There's an elevator that goes down to B and the C levels. Yeah, As a civilian, we never go that far because we stop at the, yeah. you know, where our tickets are. Or where the where the parking lot but is. Just but. to know what time the bus was there, and to make it down there, I don't know. Now it's starting. I'm starting to believe Khabib. Well, I'm going seventy one percent. Well, it's it's numerous things that when you when you inject rationale to this, like you're saying, what other country can you go do this? Also, what other places can you commit a felony and get a visa to come right back in? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like come right back in for for a fight. Like it. Where well, else? The, the, the Khabib couldn't even get his father he, in. <laughs> that is, but he just com recently committed this crime and got right back in. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just, who knows? If you, you, inject... so you if you got a ticket for jaywalking here, you're not getting into Canada. Yeah, I was going to say, you no, can't no, even get into Canada, in, for real. Thing. What was the crime? No, I, I just crossed. I didn't go to the corner. I well, yeah, when I was the, 22. I crossed in the middle I, yeah. of the street. They just escort you right back yeah. to the plane at that yeah, point. Then I go. <laughs> Come on, Mark. I mean, Canada are you kidding won't me? let you in for anything. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about Here's a great story about trying to get into Canada. Here it is. UFC 83. You might remember that one, right? Oh, is that the uh, the rematch? Me and uh, I, I only have sixty nine in my head. <laughs> Me and Joe Fernandez are driving up <laughs> to cover the fights, and they stop us at customs. And what year was that? Oh eight, oh nine, oh eight, oh eight. No, I think it was oh nine. One of those two oh, years. Wow. April nineteenth, two thousand eight. There you go. Wow. Either, but either way, we needed our passports, so they stop you <laughs> at customs and they ask like, "Oh, what are you guys doing up here?" And we're like, "We're here to cover the UFC fights." Oh, who do you want to win? And you know, we're at the, this is Montreal. Oh, yeah, that's not and good. We're like, that's not a good uh, thing. Yeah, St. Uh, Pierre. Well, you know, um, you know, Matt Sarah's from our hometown, but this is Montreal, so. Get, you out, know. Of the, get out of the car, Mr. LaMonica. Right. <laughs> you know, we're just hoping for a good fight. Yeah, get, <laughs> out, of the, get out of the car and bring this Spanish guy with you. <laughs> it's not looking good for you guys. But they let us in. Now, they if you, I say, if you mentioned St. Pierre, you're walking right through. Yeah. Because I got to tell you, I got tortured going through. And uh, on the way back, after, you know, Matt lost to St. Pierre, I was going through customs. I got to just walk right through. Sorry you had a bad night last night. You know, everybody was in tune with that, man. It was wow. it was crazy, yeah. It was really crazy. I just let you walk right through, and guys were saying, you know, good job and shit like that, and they were happy. But, yeah, the St. Pierre is definitely a huge name over there. And he was, he was a guy that was a good representative of the sport as well. He he was he was a good role model yeah, for the yeah, sport. Yeah, sure. George is a good dude. I yeah. think I saw a, a question on that. Feedback is at mmaandbeyond.com. That's mmaandbeyond.com. And also, don't forget to leave us a five star rating on iTunes. Uh, find us on iTunes, and it helps other people find us. I know that sometimes when I'm 
cruising through. I travel a lot. Like tomorrow, I'm going back to Tampa. So I'll be traveling looking for podcasts. And I know that I get podcast recommendations listening, uh, based on the nerdy stuff I already listen to. How I get those res- recommendations are people leave um, five-star ratings for those podcasts. So please do the same for ours. Someone might be listening to the Fighter and the Kid or Rogan's podcast or or Chael Sonnen's podcast or Mike, Michael Bisping's podcast. And uh, because they listen to that, they might get uh, referred to ours because you left a five-star comment. So please do. Thank you so much. And uh, this feedback's from Denise. Her subject's reputation. She writes, cage fighting has a bad reputation. The riot after the latest fights don't help it any. Other sports, rough sports players have better reputations. What can UFC do to better their reputation? Uh, um, I look, every sport has guys that are way worse than what we're yeah. looking. I just saw a thing on, what's his name, Hernandez, uh, the base, uh, was he a football player? Uh, yeah, Patriots. Patriots, what was his name? Uh, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron, man, holy, what a crazy story. What he was a gang member, he was shot, he killed a lot of yeah. people. He's almost a serial killer based on the, the, uh, the wow. special I saw. Yeah, crazy. So I, this, this is, this is literally nothing. And you can keep going with, uh. You know, basketball players that have jumped into the crowds and punched fans. And, right. You know, look at all the crazy, you know, guy guy throws a pitch at a batter and hits him and the bench-clearing brawls. And so that is a great question, then, that Denise has, because that, well, that is a great point, but how do they not have as bad a reputation? Do you think it's because they're a league with teams and these are kind of all individual No, I think employees? they have better uh, PR, better PR at 100%. They do things those guys like we squ- all wear pink today yeah, for those breast guys cancer are, those awareness. Those guys are squared away. You know the UFC I mean, should so. do stuff like that. I remember they used to, I don't know, if maybe they still do and I just miss it, but... They would go and, and do an event for the troops and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe if they, if they went and did more of that kind of stuff and, again, yeah. more and, of those and to, yeah, exactly. awareness I mean, events I think kind that of was stuff. a nice thing. Yeah. And, and, again, what, what, what can the UFC to do to better reputation? Really embrace some other people that stand for the right things. They seem to go where the money is, and that, you know, always comes with a fucking clown act attached to it. So, I mean, if they really wanted to, they could, you know— Get a little more disciplinary with some of the guys and just embrace, you know, people that, you know, kind of stand for the right thing that, that, that really come to fight. Well, you, you had said if, if they you, – and you made this point long before anyone else was making it, you were making it, where you were saying that once they start, once they start not having repercussions for bad behavior – and instead it looks like they're welcoming the bad behavior because it's being uh, rewarded – that other people are going to act that way. And you saw for a little while, maybe it's died down a little bit, but you saw for a little while a bunch of people trying to act like Conor McGregor, right. people coming out of their comfort zone and clearly not even in their within their their capabilities, but trying really hard to make the news so yeah. that they can... Look, look man, I've, I've been in the sport a long time. I mean, this is what happened Let. The last couple of weeks is just pure craziness, man. Somebody's got to step in. We, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, it is getting nutty. If they don't step in and do something now, and this keeps escalating, it it will definitely have a negative effect. But again, when you get numbers like this for the, you know, for the uh, prelims, a million over a million people, where they were probably averaging five hundred thousand, right? Four hundred five. I mean, they're almost doing a million more views. They're gonna have to figure out a way to get those views without doing this, because this is coming. This is on a slippery slope, man. Yeah, well, definitely there was a lot of backlash. I think they got a lot of viewers, but again, back to Denise's question about reputation, it definitely didn't help the reputation at all. And um, and maybe Denise, it, there's probably a lot of other uh, things that have something to do with it. Are those other leagues usually have a players' union? There's not a, a players' union here. The, the Fighters are competing with each other, even though they're all seemingly underpaid. It's actually funny. We have a fighter, Denise, uh, Rage and Al Iaquinta, an incredible fighter. Uh, I made the I made the the comment, and a lot of people agreed that he could he could beat the top guys in the division. Um, he gets mocked, Denise, because <laughs> instead of sitting around just complaining about not being paid enough, he went and started another career as well. Uh, and, and is, is successful in real estate. And instead of fellow fighters saying, hey, here's a guy who 
who, who went and did something else also, seeing that there is a problem. He was saying, hey, we're all being underpaid. Nobody was listening. He goes and adjusts in his life, brings in other income and another profession as well. And instead of them uh, applauding him or at least saying, hey, notice how one of these top-ranked fighters also does real estate because we don't get paid nearly what our other athletes make, even though our industry is making as much money as those industries. Instead of saying that, they mock him for, for being a real estate agent. So I think it's a bit of ways away, Denise. I think a fighter's union would be helpful because a fighter's union would have a fighter's union PR. And like Ray really, saying, that, that would make a difference. Yeah, and at the end of the day, man, the fans decide what they want to see, man. It's their money, you know. So all they have to do is stop buying those pay-per-views and you'll see a change real quick. You know, you see that, and that's what you see in – these bigger organizations, somebody does something and sponsors start pulling out or the commercials go, man, they're, 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 they're running all over the place, man. So I think, uh, you know, I don't think this sport hit the level where maybe it's got the eyeballs on it, but when it does, there'll be groups coming out and they'll, they'll acquiesce to some other behavior, trust me. Mark, in your industry, do you, you see it? You see, is it, is it the more... Uh, the crazier the situation just gets more clicks and more readers, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. 100%. But I think part of the issue, what, what Denise is bringing up here, is there's culture, tradition, and years and years and years of history. You know, NFL's been around since the 1920s or 30s, right? Right. Major League Baseball started in the 1800s. Well, baseball started, you know. So these leagues have been around 100 years. NBA's been around... Became the NBA in I think in the fifties. Um, you know, MMA has been around for nineteen ninety three. So you're saying growing pains. Exactly, and yeah. think about the way everybody now, everybody who's alive now and has even heard of UFC or MMA, think about how it was brought into them as a sport that there are no rules. Right. <laughs> right. You know, there were, but like it was marketing, and I still think that those early days has shaped. I think it's generational. I don't think it's political. I don't think it's uh, socioeconomic, educational. I think I just think it's generational that you know people who are in their sixties or seventies now came in and they're in their thirties or forties when that first happened, and that was that was their first introduction to this thing of there are no rules. This is crazy. It's a blood sport. Blah 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 blah. Some of it's true. Some of it's not. And I think that just sticks with people. I'm like, oh, I'm not into that. Fine. So then they hear it twenty years later. I'm like, oh, that. Oh, no. So I think there's, it kind of started out that way to some degree. I mean, look at the history of boxing. Boxing is all about showmanship, promote that fight. Right. You know, before Mayweather, you know, Ali, but everybody else after that, Tyson is all about being boisterous and outlandish and being over the top and come by this pay-per-view. Huh. UFC to some degree is, has followed that same model and it's kind of the same audience in certain certain aspects. So you have that, like, here's the blueprint. Let's follow this blueprint to start right. and then go from there. So I think that's where you get a lot of, I think, also the fact that there are leagues and there's off-seasons and there's free agency. But I think you're also seeing I a bit of a that. backlash with Bellator and, and the PFL and the way they're kind of presenting themselves, knowing that there's that kind of dysfunction or, or that transition from that uh, entertainment model, you know, to the entertainment model from strictly as real as it gets from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that the tone of Bellator it seems to be a little bit different. It seems to be regulated more in tune with whatever the fighting is. PFL seemed to be, the focus seems to be more of the fighting rather than, you know, more of that kind of bad-mouthing, right. you know. And, and there should be limits. Even if you're selling a fight, you know, I think there should be some sort of guidelines as to how far you can go. You know, maybe you know, mocking somebody's religion or going after somebody's family, I think is a bit over the line. You can, you can, there's a, there's a big gap between being able to, to sell that fight and, you know, promote it and then going to a certain point. And I, th I know speaking to people in the general population who love it, but are not in the industry, a lot of them said, look, that was just way too, too much So like what us. a normal companies, most companies have a, a code of conduct, something exactly. like that. I, mean, I would definitely agree with, with, with what you're saying, Sherry. Um, there is certain of a difference, but then you got to sit there and then you look at the numbers and say, 
What's well, UFC doing compared to? If I let him talk about his mama, I think my car in there making millions. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they kind of know what they're doing to some mama, degree. And we make more money, but you know, Mark brought up the point of boxing, and I and I'm instantly thinking of like uh, Prince Nassim Hamed and and how. Oh, this is that's a you know, really good point. You know, I didn't it's even a, think of that before, but thing. now that no, yeah, this that is, is the it. Same thing, yeah. His entrance was like a half hour long. Exactly, he's it, a perfect. That that is Conor McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. the huge entrance, and you would have people and like carrying them on, like it would be like a half hour entrance. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I never thought of that before. That's a great point. Thank you so much, Denise. A lot of things to talk about. Um, Ren T writes about Weidman. How's Weidman looking for this rematch? Does he have that killer instinct back? Go, Chris. Thank you, Ren. Wow, yeah, Weidman's looking great, and we're gonna find out on November 3rd if he has that killer instinct. I think he does. But uh, only time will tell. He's got a couple of weeks, so he 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 has that that uh, that refuse to lose mindset that got him there. He's putting in the work for sure. No, definitely yeah. cardio wise, he looks great. Putting in the work he's for really, sure. Uh, he's he's getting focused. He's he's uh, physically he's better than he probably I, ever was. I, I, I mean, think that cardio wise, he looks great. I mean, he's walking around like two oh six, two oh seven, which is crazy for him. Mm -hmm. But he's functioning great. And I think uh, because he started really having like a morning routine that he sticks to every day is helping with the uh, the weight. I think that's that made the biggest difference. He and wants it. Yeah, and he's sticking to it. You know, he wants it, and that's that's tremendous. He wants it, and his mind is there, and and that's uh, that's uh, we we've always said uh, the the focused Weidman is going to be a problem for everybody, and this is a focused Weidman, uh, and, and yeah. Rock Cold's going to see it. So thank you so much, Renty. I agree with you. Go, Chris. And uh, um, on Twitter, uh, Ozzy writes to Ray, do you think UFC fighters get paid enough for the risk they take entering that octagon? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, look, I think there's a lot of guys, they're making a, you're never going to answer that question, first of all. Uh, but I think there's guys that are making a nice living if they really love fighting. But is it, is it enough? No, not for the risk that potentially, you know, what they risk down the road, you know, with all the uh, CTE and all the injuries and stuff. And, you know, like it might be, you might get through some of this shit at like 25 and 30, but I, I guarantee at 50 the residual effects is not good. Nobody thinks long-term like that because, you know, when you're 20 and 25, you're invincible. You're right. pissing vinegar. Winter and, doesn't hurt you. Nah, nothing right. hurts you. You know what I mean? You'll get through it. But So I'm going to say based on that, um, they don't get paid enough. And, I, I mean, I'd like to see, I don't know what the Ali Act is or really what it entails, but something in the future for the guys that had a certain number of fights, they're getting free medical. You know, they, they I mean, something. Yeah, something that they get... I mean, there's so many systems and unions that have lifetime benefits. I mean, it would be nice, you know, if you have 20 fights in the UFC or you get, you're at least entitled to that. I think that would help a lot, you know, but uh, to make the money they're making and then potentially be saddled with a lot of the uh, health costs that could come down the road, then it's just not looking too good. And, and if, it, if it was a sport that wasn't making a lot of money... Yeah. Then you'd understand. Well, yeah, you're exactly. kind of we're kind of we're kind of exactly. all in this. Yeah, yeah. It's a passion project for mm -hmm. all of us. But when one is making a yeah. lot, and the people who are who are delivering the product aren't, yeah, that that doesn't seem uh, that doesn't seem fair. I don't think that you'll find a lot of people who who think that they are being paid enough. Thank you so much uh, for your question. We got a we got a main event for UFC 230. Ray Daniel Cormier, Derek Lewis. What Very interesting. <laughs> what do we? What? Are, which part of the fight do you want to talk about? <laughs> I think first of all, Derek Lewis, if he hits, he could end the fight in he one could. punch, which he's is not going to hit him. But uh, the fact that he just took a three-round fucking ass beating and admits he and doesn't train, and then told train, Joe Rogan that yeah, he's not anywhere near ready for a, a championship for them fight. To, for them to throw that guy in is. Unbelievable to me. I well, mean, you cut really, the line. You, oh, I don't know about cutting the line. It's more like he just fought two weeks ago and he took a beating, and they're going to send him in for another beating. I mean, so. Oh, that's a great. That's point. on yeah. New York, man. That's on New York, well, man. If they let that guy fight, then yeah, it is what it is. It's interesting. I, I mean, obviously, as we were talking about, you when you watch a fight, you know, it's you see every every angle. 
um, it's difficult when you're not there, you know, to, to kind of assess what they were thinking, what the doctors there were thinking of. But with that caveat, with all that being said, having watched the fight, uh, he took a beating. Those are big guys, and it was an exciting fight because in the last 10 seconds he won. But I would worry about clearing a guy in three weeks after that. You know, probably should have at least a month off. Even if he weren't showing symptoms of concussion, you can have a lot of subconcussive blows. So below the threshold where you're symptomatic and you need rest to recover from something like that. Look, I, I think also in the big picture of this, they had a main event that nobody was happy with. And this we're, we're three right. weeks out. And they <laughs> right. just cut that fight. So people that were training for the fight, like, no regard for anything. That fight's off. And now the fact that, you know, like Derek Lewis's Instagram went from like 100,000 followers to 300,000 followers, they're actually looking at that and saying, let's capitalize right, on that, is, which is yeah. crazy. So this is, this is where we're at. I think it's pretty obvious with this move that this is where we're at. And I don't even know. I mean, was DC training for a fight? He had said that he wasn't ready for a fight. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. He's, was he got a month, three he weeks? He said he was ready for, for uh, later in the year, beginning of, uh, of 2019. Right. So they don't have a main event. But so with three weeks to go, tickets were already on sale. You know, and now this guy, I mean, who doesn't like Derek Lewis after the last, you know, fight? I mean, come on. I mean, the guy was down on all scorecards, all but out three or four times, and he comes back and he – Knocks the guy. Everybody's going to love that. You know, then he had his balls out on yeah. national TV. I think that's TV, what they love the most. Unbelievable. <laughs> that had, got more views. You know, he had his wife's his legs fight. up in the air, you know, at the uh, post-fight speed. I mean, the guy's awesome. I mean, you got to love the guy. And I, and, and honestly, the only, you know, bright thing about this is I, I hope he makes some money because he seems like a cool dude. And, you know, he's had a, so He's you know, headlining a pay-per-view. Yeah, so, right. you know, so he's probably you know, at least a million dollars. Yeah, so right? hopefully that would be great for him, you yeah. know, but... You know, besides that, I'm not wrapping my head around it any other way. But uh, The Dustin Poirier-Nate Diaz fight off from UFC 230 through an injury. It doesn't seem like Nate Diaz got a replacement fight or, or wants one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's going to yeah. be set there. Uh, Joanna Jacek versus Valentina's Bullet Valentina is back onto UFC 231. And uh, Eubanks uh, stays on the UFC 230 card, and she's going to fight... Roxanne Mataferi. Um, oh, thank you for writing this down. That's great because he was a guest on our show. Uh, we really love and respect Ryan LaFlair. Seems like he's he's uh, strongly considering retirement. Uh, it, it wasn't a, a 100%, but it seemed like it was he was pretty uh, clear that he wants to retire. So congrats on a career, a great career to you. Uh, I know that uh, Ryan LaFlair is one of those guys who. You'd be hard pressed to find someone to say bad, something bad about yeah, this guy. Yeah, nice guy, and uh, I think he had a really good career. Man, yeah, he sure was did. right where he wanted to be. Uh, I think the Damian Maya fight kind of derailed him a little bit, but in hindsight, he did great with 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 Maya. He survived five rounds with that guy in good, some good positions, which a lot of people did not have the ability to do. And in the fifth round, man, he was rallying to come back. He actually had a chance to win that fight after you know, being dominated on the floor for four rounds. So he's got a lot of fortitude, and and I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, and I, he always comes to fight. And uh, I hope he has a good retirement if that's what he really decides to do. Yeah. One of the toughest guys I think I've ever come across. I mean, I've known him for about 10 years now, interviewed him a whole bunch of times, and all I watch him spar, train, always goes 100%. Oh, no, he goes hard. Yeah. He's – he is intense. He he gave his all to that to the sport, and yeah. you know, sadly for him, it was injuries. Injuries just kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost yeah. like after every fight, he had to have some sort of operation or surgery or something. Which it felt is like part of the problem with going hard all the time. Yeah, you know. So and um, yeah, but he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, good really dude. nice guy. Good luck to you, brother. Great, yeah, with great guest on the show too. He 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 owns and runs a gym, so. Yeah, he's sure. got up and coming yeah. fights, and he's going to stay involved with the sport, and he's got a lot to give, give back, and I think that's what he's going to do. Well, I think that uh, what I read was it was very rational. It's like you know, I'm not sure my whole head was in the game, and I always mm -hmm. promised myself that when I'm my head's not fully in the game, I'm I'm not going to go in there to get hurt, and that's actually really rational. So yeah. Yeah. leaves the door open a little bit, but if it is his retirement, uh, we wish you uh, the best, John Bones Jones. 
versus Alexander Gustafson too will be for the light heavyweight belt at UFC 232. Just like nothing, just like that. Back yeah, in, back in, yeah. back in. That's Ray. That's Ray's favorite. <laughs> that's Ray's. I have no idea, no comment. But I'll throw a comment out there for oh, you, right? Throw it out there. Let's, Let's go. Get the ball rolling. Yeah, you know, all right. So his suspension is up. There, you know, that's fine. He's allowed to fight whenever he wants, right? After October twenty-eighth. Sure. But you know, your uh, your uh, reaction there is kind of, I think, is very indicative of a lot of at a lot of fans of all sports. At this point, you know, think about like concussions. You hear about it all the time. You hear about athletes in any sport doing steroids and it's almost like eh, all right when they come back we'll watch them or i'll either watch them or i won't because i didn't care about them before i think fans at this point are so uh, i can't remember the word i'm looking for right now i think just immune anesthetized it also works <laughs> listen anesthesia is good just pay, just pay my anesthesiologist 200 bucks i was giving him 400 yeah, for because that's what i feel right now that i'm under but, anesthesia when i'm talking about it but you hear about it so much every day in in all sports that you're like okay all right yeah he, this happened and then we move on you know i think mma fans love the mma bubble so much yeah that anything that happens in it it's the bubble shakes and the world's going to end. Like, John Jones is not the first athlete who's gone through troubles. Right. He's not even the first athlete in the sport who's gone through these troubles. So as someone who, you know, if you follow multiple sports, you're like, okay, yeah, John Jones, he did this. And then the other guy did this in this sport. And this guy, you know, Robinson Cano, who everyone loved the news of the Yankees, tested positive for steroids, was out for 80 games. He comes back, hits a home run, everyone cheers. Yeah. It, it just, it's kind of, it is what it is these days in sports. You just... Let me, uh, you're bringing up something else to it. I forgot. Even with the Aaron Hernandez thing, which was a crazy story, I think through some of the interviews they were kind of referencing, you know, the CTE aspect. What did, you know, brain trauma have to do with this? Because there were a lot of guys like his college coach that, um, like, really couldn't believe what it, what he was hearing. You know, he's, he definitely was a personable guy. Uh but he almost, I mean, to me, it almost looked like he had a double life, man. He hung out mm -hmm. with some crazy people from early on. But, again, you don't know what impact that br brain damage has on you. You don't, but we do know with veterans that uh, veterans of PTSD, some of that had had uh, concussion trauma and that kind of stuff, they come back and they have what is often described as a different personality, what is often yeah. destructive and harmful uh, it is often that, and yeah. and so you can assume. Of course, the the VA doesn't have the, they don't really do the the right surveys, but uh, you do see with yeah. the PTSD and especially with with that kind of yeah. trauma. There's yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the screen now, and I got to tell you, this is like yeah, because I I was watching it late at night, but this, that's true. When they autopsied his brain, I mean the most severe CT ever found in a person of his age. So and I actually what? take back some of that. You know, I mean, it just seemed like he had a crazy connection with some gangbangers and that stuff. But this is crazy, the most severe CT ever found in a person his age. And, you know, he, I, he, there was one guy he shot his friend in the eye. It was his friend who he didn't, like, uh, they went out to a club and, you know, we spent, like, 15000 I don't think the guy, you know, gave him any money towards the bill. Something, like, weird stuff. And I'm, Something not I could worth be, a shot in the eye. Right. Yeah, yeah, he left that guy, and the guy didn't even press charges, nothing, because he loved the guy, you know, so there was confusion. You got to see the special. I, I got to find it. But really fascinating. But the most severe CT ever found in a person. That's pretty, that's horrible. Yeah, I, I read that headline, and I think Aaron Hernandez was, what, late 20s? Early 30s. Oh, he was young. Yeah, 27. 27. So. Does, it say, does that yeah. story say how many how many brains they've looked at in, in people that age? He might be like the third brain of that that age. And you, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, we don't know what the denominator really is for CTE. That's a pathologic diagnosis, and we don't know. We we clearly know that you know concussion causes problems. There's no direct link right now between concussion and CTE. Um, and we, we are beginning to realize what other con confounding and overlapping factors, so whether or not somebody's had a pre-existing psychological condition, whether or not they were using opioids or PEDs are all believed to contribute to this. So, you know, teasing out the factors is, is still, still difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think the, 
the way you live. He could create the absolute perfect storm, but under any circumstance, I don't give a shit where you're from, getting hit in the head repeatedly, it's just not good for you. Right. You know what I mean? But what's also interesting is that people who are repeatedly hit in the head, not everybody develops this. So so as a scientist, as a researcher, always want to know, you know, what that is and not create a hysteria, not say, you know, nobody should play sports because, you know, there's a subgroup that clearly, clearly has an issue. And, and what predisposes them, you know, still remains to be seen. There's a lot that needs to be teased out. And for those of you who are interested more in this, um, we're actually doing a series on breaking it down. So if you want to look at it, uh, please feel free to look at it on iTunes. And, uh, and, and let me ask some, Doc, is there any way to, uh, like when they do the autopsy, is there any way while the guy's alive that they could come up with the same conclusion? That's a great question, and that's what they're looking to do now. So they're they're trying to develop tests. So yeah, the blood that, tests that, have not been I'd good be right now. That. You know, yeah, that's like, that's what everybody's trying to do. Let's just take a look at do. this guy. He's not acting himself, and then you get that, and then you could just shelve him or right. You know, right. The blood tests are not quite there yet, but we're we're making progress, and the scans are not quite there. It'd yet. be very interesting to see how that how that works out because then you. Now, then you start looking back at crimes, and you start looking back at oh, violent right. crimes, and say, "Oh, wait a second. Right. Sam Harris has a great book uh, on that called *The Delusion of Free Will*. Right. Very interesting book on how you can, well, maybe take a look back and understand, even if what we knew of schizophrenia, uh, schizophrenia, for instance, 30 years ago, to what we understand now." Completely different. Completely different. Like, who would be diagnosed as what, and what would you take for? Who would you put in jail, and who would you realize there's no, there's nothing we could do to you. This is just the way you're wired, kind of thing. So it's very interesting to see, and that's on the Breaking It Down podcast. Make sure you check it out, folks. I'm gonna move slide over because time's flying. I want to talk about uh, PEDs because we had a question about PEDs. First, I'm gonna go to an interesting quote by uh, a quote on USADA USADA. Uh, by Luke Rockhold. He says, I've been dealing with them a little bit this week. I know DC's been dealing with them a little this week. They should choose to attack the right people. So MMA Junkie, who reported this, they asked him to elaborate on his interactions with USADA, and Rockhold added, just failures and, and how they are attacking certain people for certain reasons when they should be doing their job in the first place, not going after the innocent. When you get down to real business, these guys should be suspended for a long time. People are learning how to cheat the system. USADA's got to step up their game and and be what they were in the beginning. In the beginning, it seemed like they were doing their job. Now it seems like they're owned. It's sad to see, but hopefully it can correct itself and we can get on the right path. That was Luke Rockhold on USADA, and we had a question that comes from... Right, he shouldn't be making any quotes, this guy. First of all, the USADA, if you're listening, keep staying on top of this guy, because I tell you, he looks like he's doing something. It's a lot to digest that. He's doing the old the uh, reverse psychology trick. I mean, come on. I wouldn't... Uh, he's a potential violator, for sure. DC, definitely not. I would say Kane, definitely not. That guy, I'm not sure you're about not that. You're not so convinced? No. All right. Definitely not. Well, I brought that up because Tino writes in. Tino, um, their subject's PED, and he writes, Last week's talk has me thinking. And, of course, last week he's referencing Dr. Sherry also mentioning that uh, there are seeming, overall in sports, a lot of, uh, a large percentage of people who don't get caught, who do find a way to cheat the system or to get by. So Tino writes in, Last week's talk has me thinking about who is still using and why. Seems like the higher profile fighters with more dispensable money would be able to afford an effective cheat system. Does that concern you? And can you have a PED show and discuss? Well, we could discuss it for a little bit now. Of course it's concerning. It's it's concerning for the validity of the sport, but for teams like Ray's team who who have fighters who who fight clean, it is concerning that, that you have uh, potentially fighting somebody who who isn't following the rules, and, mm-hmm. and 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 something like this can make a difference. This is a it's a health and risk. I, I tell you, not for nothing. I mean, even uh, even a, a different. I mean, I don't know, just a, a little bigger picture. And that I mean, there's doctors out there willing to help guys cheat is actually fucking horrible, man. That's another problem. I mean, who who's that guy? You know what I mean? Like you have a clean conscious conscious. 
really helping the guys. This is what you do. Cycle this way, do this, do that's fucking bullshit, man. I mean, that's, that's, you know, look, we see it with all, you know, like the distribution of like, you know, uh, you know, all the painkillers and that type of shit. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's really, you know, it takes two to, to tangle on that and they have to find the right people. And, and they do, you yeah. know, when, when we yeah, review, we, we often see clusters, you know, we can tell. So I, I do review for the, for the uh, New Jersey State Athletic Control Board. And very frequently we'll see, either at the amateur or pro level, a group of people who are all using the same doctor, um, not necessarily from the same team, is always a flag for me. So you'll know, like, hey, that's the word of mouth guy. Might be the word of mouth guy. And what's very interesting is sometimes the the fighters really don't know, you know, because they'll, they'll say, oh, you need this because you have this particular disease. And it's not, you know, when it comes to me, I'm like, wait, this is not the treatment for this disease. And then you go back to the fighter and they're like, well, the doctor told me. And you go approach that doctor. I'll call them as a courtesy and say, hey, you know, um, what, is, what is your rationale for using this drug? And they go off on me. And I'm like, you do know that this is, this is a federal offense. Like, this is a problem. So I'm trying to give you a heads up and tell you to clean up your act and not cause you a problem. <laughs> um, so with all that being said, um, some guys clearly seek out, you know, yeah, so people it's, it's, like that. It's sheer it's arrogance. A, yeah. That's built into our uh, medical system. Uh, well, and not because everybody. Because those guys, you know, doctors are never wrong on no, anything. No, but no, never, ever. Look at the news. Every week there's a doctor getting arrested or indicted for yeah. prescription pills or fraudulent something, not just with insurance, but with, with medical stuff. It's like it's, it's not unique to sports. There's going to be great, there's going to be shitty, there's going to be average, you know, and that's that's the way that's going to go for I mean, you would just hope that those guys graduated last in their class and they couldn't even do it the right way, but even they could figure out how to cheat the system. That's discouraging. Someone needs, you know, you need money for something, you start to, yeah, I guess you know, that's, that's a big thing. You get into some problems, whatever it is, and then you start looking around. Let's I'll see. throw this out on you, Saad, just as a... Just for debate Throw purposes, it out there, not that I'm, I'm on any there sides here. I'm on the side of a, of a good of news justice. story that people are going to read. That's my side. But um, I throw this. I mean, I know USADA gets bashed left and right over the last few months. But since they were on board with UFC, haven't they caught a lot of fighters before they fought? Am I wrong on that? Like I feel no, they, like there's they, there's there's a, been a positive effect that they've had on the sport to some degree in UFC because obviously they're contracted with UFC. There's a positive aspect that they're bringing to right. this. They're testing people and people complaining. I, I look at Rockhold's quote here. You know, they're saying you know he's been dealing with them and they choose to attack the right people. I don't know what it means by attack, but like they're testing every fighter. Right. There's a positive there to some degree, and you'll never eliminate any cheating. You'll never eliminate yeah. it all. I mean, you can't eliminate it in school. No, it's like, like to me, it's think like about a, how many times you cheat on like a test a, in high like school because you got like, the answers from the kid in fourth yeah. period, and you some, have the teacher some in guys, Some guys are just never going to listen. It's like right. drunk driving. You know, the people that really are good people that made a mistake, they will never drink again. Like that's and that going to jail or getting but is enough to scare the shit out of them but then there's the guy that's going to do it five times in a row and he don't give a shit and those are the same people that are going to keep abusing steroids they don't care it's already hardwired in their dna the the one guy that made a mistake and there's people are out there there's two different kinds of people there's those guys that will they they are shooken up they're really nice people and they made a mistake and they're never doing it again and then there's the guy that just doesn't have that DNA, and he's going to keep doing it over and over and over again. Right. That guy says, where did it go wrong, and how do we fix that? Yeah, right. They exactly. don't say, it's not, I messed up. It's, how did that go wrong? I was supposed to, this was supposed it's to be the plan. Right. Yeah. yeah but, but also, we have to play also that what you say, I know I keep going back to what yeah. you said was, was great, and I think I see more wisdom in it now that it all plays out, is when you have one guy allegedly hiding under uh, an octagon when they right. come, and then he's still getting these big paydays and shortcut exactly. and sentences and all that, then if you're a fighter B, you're going to think also, well, 
it worked out for this guy. He's getting these these big events. He's getting the news, and, and maybe I could just find a way to adjust or find a way to cheat the system. It doesn't seem to have ended anyone else's career. I think that Ronda Rousey had, um, who who doesn't comment on UFC too often. She did comment on on UFC 229, the, the melee, and added some other things. She said Ronda Rousey, and this is from MMAfighting.com. Ronda Rousey writes. I understand promoting fights and having to sell them. I really do. I get it. But I don't think people have to get arrested in order to do that. I think I've been able to prove that you can make a fight exciting and make people really want to see it without crossing any legal lines. But I'm glad it was a great match. I'm sorry uh, it's kind of soured by the aftermath. Their performances aren't going to get enough credit because of what happened. I really hope... It doesn't become an ongoing trend. I want people to feel safe bringing their kids to fights. I don't want to get to the point where people are not buying tickets to go see live fights because they're afraid uh, of what could happen in the arena. She actually elaborated on it. I don't have it on my notes, but she elaborated on it where she said um, also there's no, there is no, uh, the higher pro- profile fighters are being treated better. She said if it was up to me, if you failed the steroid test ever, you're banned for life. If you and she and she said, if you're committing these crimes, you're out. You're out. Instead, they're seeing these guys come back and they're seeing them get rewarded. And that's not a deterrent for anybody else's behavior. And I, I agree with that 100 percent, 100 percent. Before we go, I want to shout out to Law MMA Fighters Without Fights coming up, October 19th. That's this Friday. Combat at the Capital. Charlie Campbell, Justin the Kid Montalvo, Adrian Del Rosero, Damon Nelson, Paula Verdino. Who's an inspiration to all of us? Uh, Michael Rivera Paula, Paula uh, is my age mark as well, and she is little, packs a punch, yeah. and has, yeah, a, has a, and all of us put yeah, together. heart of gold, man. So you're always che- cheering for her. So good luck to all of you. October nineteenth, October twentieth. Eddie Truck Gordon goes back in there. PFL. Uh, and good luck to Eddie. Let him fly, man. You're there. Let it. Let it fly. Of course, November 4th, UFC 230, we've got Steam Rolla Frivola and Chris Weidman in action. Two absolute killers who are who are ready to do it. Uh, and then, of course, Mizuki's in Invicta, November 16th. Austin, Austin was so proud of all the nice things you said, Ray, on the show. He really, he really was. Oh, well, he's a great kid. He's a great, he is kid. a great kid. And he's fighting at MSG Theater for Triumphs on December 7th. Awesome How old is dude. he? I think he just turned 18. Yeah, he's a baby. Yeah, he's, and he's, hey, huge. Man, he's huge. And he's right in there with yeah, this it. room of killers. Uh, that are th- I, this, th- well, I, I looked around the other day. It was like right when Aljo's doing his class and you're, and you're doing your class. like, And you just count and just see the level in there is tremendous. Yeah, crazy. That, yeah. And especially There's in those a, that, middle that kind weight, of yeah, weights. That weight yeah. class, that 155, 135, 155. Just crazy. The who's who. Um, and so, yeah, and of course, December 15th, UFC on Fox 31, new new fight that was announced. Raging Ally Aquinta gets, uh, gets to fight again. He's fighting Kevin Lee. A different Kevin Lee than the first fight, definitely, but people leaving out. Also a different ally, Quinta. Ally Quinta's focused, strong, and ready to go. Should be a great fight. You could definitely expect some some uh, entertaining crap talking between those two. Uh, hopefully no no uh, <laughs> no laws broken, but definitely going to be entertaining to watch those two uh, leading up to that fight. Mark, Monica, I want to make Monica, sure big, people big. Uh, know how to down, reach buddy. you. Mark's the deputy sports editor at Newsday Sports. And uh, his Twitter is LaMonica Mark. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, brother. Absolutely. And Anytime. again, and read the article he wrote on Bazooka because I, I didn't. Re- I actually didn't read it. Buy the paper I, and read it. Or subscribe <laughs> online and then read it. <laughs> That's Help Newsday. us out. Come on. Newsday.com. Come on. You got that on it check now. Newsday.com or Newsday? News, both. It's in, the, it's in the Sunday paper, and oh, then wow. come to Newsday.com. See, I'm so busy yeah. Sundays, I like get to read it. But, but I got a million, yeah. I got a lot of cool things. It's a physical newspaper. I got a great article. So, yeah, we still I mean, got them. Listen, Mark does a great job with really promoting the guys on Long Island and Newsday's that paper. And I mean, it means a lot to these guys, man, to see their name in print. And it's, it's just a big deal. It's Newsday. You know, like, we come you're along from way. here. You know Newsday's the. You the know. big one, man. So that's great. Thank you so much for coming on. You're always welcome on the show. You can reach Ray Longo, Ray Longo MMA, 
You could also hear him on the Anakin Florian podcast. That usually comes out later in the evening on Mondays. Uh, I listen. Sometimes Ray, like, this is his practice. He practices his lines uh, here. So the ones I that just, kill. Then I just and go then, fucking berserk on Monday morning. And then morning. he goes, well, what happens is they have Ray on, and you could hear Ray's ready to have a good conversation. The first thing they do is talk about his hair or something <laughs> else, and they set him off. But uh, always fun, always fun. So they check know, out the they Anakin know Florian podcast. To push, they but, uh, sure do. We got, right we got hammered like, last week. Like I, I came out looking good for about two days, and then the Conor McGregor fans just oh, went they, they had their they way with now. you, oh man. Oh, my God. But, but, half uh, hour Ray Longo minute. Yeah. It's yeah. at least. <laughs> that's the Anakin Florian podcast. I'm Steve Maraboli. One word. I'm a pretty findable fella. Dr. Sherry. Yes. How can you they can find, find you? us at Breaking It Down. Breaking It Down on iTunes. Oh, Dr. Sherry does, does my favorite thing, which is nerds it out on <laughs> iTunes. Love it. Check out MMAandBeyond.com if you want to participate in the show. And please, 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 if you're listening on iTunes, I know so many of you already have, just give us a five-star rating. I don't think it makes you leave a comment, but if it does, give like a thumbs up, smiley face. You don't have to write anything. But definitely give us a five-star comment. Helps other people find the show. If you use supplements, you are living well. And if you don't, you're wrong. And by the way, check out onit.com slash MMABeyond. Promo code is MMA Beyond. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.